Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 198th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to Worthy. Worthy five. The Star Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today as I had a chance to uh, chat with Go Heels writer Adam Lucas about the, 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 the start to the season for Carolina basketball, where he assesses this team, the outlook for the rest of the season, and more. So without any further ado, let's get to my conversation with Adam Lucas from GoHeels.com. I am now joined by Go Heels writer Adam Lucas. Adam, good afternoon, man. How are you doing today? Doing well, Josh. Appreciate you having me. Well, Adam, I appreciate you making some time for me uh, once again. Um, so let's go ahead and let, let's jump right into the nitty-gritty when we talk about this Carolina basketball team. They enter tomorrow's game against NC State at 13-6 and overall and 5-3 and in the league. What is your assessment of, of of the Tar Heels for their first 19 games overall and their first eight games in ACC play? Well, I feel like we've seen a little bit of everything, Josh. Uh, we've seen maybe the, some of the best of what the Tar Heels can be when they've really played well against some pretty good teams. The win against Ohio State at Madison Square Garden, uh, a couple wins here at the Smith Center. But then we've also seen the Tar Heels be pretty much the floor of what they could be um, sometimes due to some some changing personnel not having Armando Baycott was a big factor and two big ACC losses that you'd like to have those games back particularly the one at Virginia Tech I think that's a game the Tar Heels feel like they they should have had if they had had a full deck um, so I think we're in the unusual position of we're headed towards late January here and I'm not sure we really know yet what this year's Carolina team is I, I think we need to see them with a, a full lineup of personnel and we need to see them play against some of the better teams in the conference which because of the way the schedule is we're about to see that for about the next three or four weeks consecutively i think you know adam and maybe i'm wrong on this 
I and, and, a, and a lot of us that cover this team, watch this team, or are a fan of this team, we entered the season thinking that that Carolina's going to pick right up where they left off at the end of last season, where they played really good the last month, month and a half of the season. And the notable and the notable absence is, of course, that of Brady Manick. Do you think this team is, is finally starting to get comfortable playing without him, or do you think those injuries, as you were talking about, have really hindered their their ability to come together as a group so far this year? I think injuries are a factor, but I also think there was just sort of an overall fallacy that that every team is the same from year to year if you bring back the same people. And and that's just never the case. That That is never the case in any sport because something is going to change from one season to the next. Yeah, it could be for the better or it could be for the worse or it could be sort of neutral, but no matter what, it, it's just a different group. It's a different feel in the locker room. And the players have had different experiences that they bring to the table and interact differently. So it, it just was never going to be the exact same. And if you think back to last year's team, that team was never the exact same over the course of that year. I mean, we saw a lot of different versions of that team. Um, so I, I think it was unrealistic to expect them to only be the group that you saw for the last month. Now, could they be that group again i think they could um but they're going to have to make some adjustments and they're going to have to be a better version than than what we've seen so far if that's what they want to ultimately be this year one player that came back and has been the same force he was a year ago has been armando baycott who has set the record for most double digit rebounding games in unc history and earlier this week tied the record for most double doubles in Carolina history has a chance to break that record against NC State on Saturday. You've covered him. You, you, you've watched him in practice. How has Baycott put him in position to set the record? And what will his legacy as a rebounder be at Carolina when his career finishes up? Well, we've talked about floors and ceilings here in, in this conversation, and his floor has just gotten so high. I mean, he had 20 and 16 the other night, and you didn't even really feel like he did anything remarkable. It was just a normal Armando Baycott game. Well, 20 and 16 in an ACC basketball game is not normal. That, that's really hard to do, really, really hard to do. I mean, he's he's tied and is going to break Billy Cunningham's double-double record that stood for over 60 years. Think of all the players who have played for the Tar Heels in that time frame. So uh, I do think, I mean, his numbers are somewhat a product of the way the Tar Heels play today and the way the game is. But much more so than that, his numbers are the product of someone who's made themselves into a much better player, has figured out how to be a great rebounder without maybe having great athleticism, uh, but has just fully committed himself to doing that. And he's not anywhere close to being done. I mean, he's he's going to be all over that Carolina record book by hopefully uh, that first week in April. Caleb Love has, has really had a, a season-long shooting slump. He's shooting under 40% from the field, under 30% from three. And I liken his struggles kind of to what Wayne Ellington went through during that 2008-2009 season, which should ultimately cultivate in a national championship. What is the key for him individually to turning to turning around his shooting woes? Yeah, boy, that uh, that's the first time I've thought of Caleb Love and, and Wayne Ellington together. I hope it works out that way. Um, <laughs> I think there's, there's a few differences there. Um, I think, I mean, the thing with Caleb is, and this is why he's on the floor as much as he is, because if you go strictly by his numbers, there is absolutely no way he should be playing the minutes that he's playing. But the factor he has that 
pretty much no one else on this year's team has is that it makes no difference what has happened prior to the last five minutes of the game. He very easily could hit three or four quick three-pointers as he did the other night against Boston College. Made a couple big offensive plays and made a big defensive play, drawing a charge that Hubert Davis said was he thought maybe the biggest play of the game. So he just – I've never seen a player like him who is not beholden to what has happened previously in the game he seems to have no memory of that whatsoever the next shot's going in the next possession's going to be a big play uh he just always thinks that and sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse (laughs) um but that's just who he is i can't think of a tar heel like him in history um and i'm not sure we'll ever see another one um i don't think he's as bad a shooter as he's been to this point this year but that is what the numbers say. Um, and so the, the Tar Heels need a much more efficient version of Caleb Love and one who's involved in other aspects of the game other than scoring uh, if they're going to be able to, to get through the stretch they've got coming up. Do you think that, that maybe if he continues to play more off the ball where we've seen R.J. Davis kind of you know come back into being the primary ball handler, we've seen a starting lineup that features Seth Trimble, that could help just, you know, take the pressure off of him on the offensive end where he's just catching in positions either catch and shoot or, or, or catch and drive to the rim? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be careful at organizing the offense for Caleb because, quite honestly, the best perimeter player Carolina's had has been R.J. Davis. So, really, you need him to be the most comfortable he can be because he shot it great since coming since getting over the the finger injury that limited him a little bit in the early part of the year and rj has said he doesn't feel like he's really a catch and shoot guy he's a take a couple dribbles and shoot guy so whatever he feels best about that's what you want rj doing and then and this is something that that i think is difficult to explain to someone like caleb love caleb might need to fit in around rj rather mm-hmm. than rj fitting in around caleb um and that's something that the Tar Heels figured out that dynamic last year and that last six weeks or so of the season. Um, and that's something that, that they're going to have to figure out again and figure out what works best with this year's personnel. One of the guys that they brought in to try to fit around Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, and Brady Manick was Pete Nance to transfer from Northwestern, North, North, Northwestern. He was brought in to fill the void left behind by that aforementioned Brady Manick. How do you think he has made the transition so far from – yeah, he played at the Big Ten, but he was playing at Northwestern. From transitioning from Northwestern to playing at Carolina and playing in the ACC night in, night out. I think if there was no Brady Manick, I think people would be pretty happy with Pete Nance because he's been an important part of this year's team. He's been a very good teammate, but I think he's always going to be compared to Brady Manick. And when people think of Brady Manick, it's, it's evident by just when his picture is shown in the Smith Center during home games. Brady Manick's one of the most popular Tar Heels there is right now. People love him. And and so I feel kind of bad for Pete that people are always going to say, well, he's no Brady Manick. Well, if you watched him play, you knew that from the start. He was never going to be Brady Manick. Um, so he's going to bring some different things. Carolina needs some, some different things from him. Number one, some consistency. You, you need to know what you're going to get from him each night. He's been a little streaky offensively. Um, they're going to need him to, to defend some some better players here in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, 
but I, I still think I, I think people have gone to sleep on him a little bit in terms of the impact he could have on this year's team, uh, just because this year's team does have more depth than, than last year, and it's kind of like in the NFL, the backup quarterback's the most important, the the most popular guy on the team. On the Carolina basketball team, the most popular guy is whoever's playing the least amount of minutes, who people have heard of before and remember when he was being recruited. Um, and, and so that's kind of the, the spot we're in right now. We're talking with Adam Lucas, GoHeelsWriter.com, writer for Carolina basketball. And you mentioned that the injuries, and with that, we have seen some different lineups. I mentioned you saw a lineup with Seth Trimble as a starter. Then you saw a lineup last Saturday at Louisville with Puff Johnson as a starter. I thought that was Carolina's best starting five that we've seen so far of the season. Do do you agree with that, or do you think the lineup that featured Seth Trimble as a starter was the best, or do you think Pete Nance belongs in there among the best starting fives for the Heels? Well, I think the question with Puff Johnson is availability. Um, you need to see that consistently before – you go too far down that road. I, I love everything about him and love the way he plays. I think he's exactly the, the kind of player that Hubert Davis wants involved with his team and with his program, but you need him to be available consistently. Um, but I think Pete Nance is the best option right now, um, but I'm open to some other ideas. I just think it it's hard this year because some of these guys on the bench who have turned in one or two really solid games, they have not done it consistently. And and that's usually what separates a bench player from a starter. Like you're a reserve because you're capable of performing, but you don't always perform every single night. And that's hard to do at the ACC level, especially in the stretch that Carolina's coming up to. So it's the guys who can do that consistently who you're going to see more of over the rest of January and into February. And, and everyone you've named has a chance to be that guy because no one's really solidified their spot. It, we haven't talked about a couple other guys. We haven't talked about Dontrez Styles. Mm. We haven't talked about DeMarco Dunn. Um, those are guys who – Jalen Washington. Those are guys who have a chance to play a significant amount and be really important ultimately to this year's team, but they've got to do it consistently. That's – all right. Let's focus in on, on Dontrez Styles really quickly because I think Tar Heel fans thought coming back that him and Puff Johnson were going to be no-brainers, guys coming off the bench that were going to play and contribute night in, night out. That hasn't been the case, and I know Hubert Davis often says that you know a lot about what you do in practice will determine what you do and if, if, if you see the floor on game days. Is that what's missing for Dontrez to get the consistent action that he got towards the end of the season last year? Or is there something else keeping him from being a guy that sees the floor every night? I'm fascinated by Carolina fans' relationship with Dontrez Styles. Like, what is it that they've seen that makes them think he should be playing 30 minutes a game? Was it maybe that three against Baylor? That was one three. <laughs> Baylor, the, like, that was one three-point shot. Like, he played well against the Citadel. Like he he should play well against the Citadel. It's the Citadel. <laughs> the, the question is, can you do it against Virginia and Virginia Tech and NC State and Duke? And he just hasn't showed that in his career to this point. But he's also a sophomore. So it may not be time yet for him to show that. I, I'm sitting here at practice right now, and I'm here almost every day. And I can tell you that there hasn't been one time that I've thought – you know, Dontre Styles has shown a lot more in practice than he showed in the games. He really deserves more of a chance. I've never thought that. And, like, it's not that Hubert Davis is trying not to win by not playing the best players. I, I, it blows my mind that people somehow <laughs> think that this is like some vast conspiracy against Kinston because it's not. 
like he's getting the minutes that he's earning. Does that mean this is all the minutes he'll ever get? No, absolutely not. I think you're going to see a fair amount of Dontre Styles against NC State, but like he's going to get what he earns. And you've got to earn it against more than the Citadel. You've got to know the plays. You've got to play defense. You've got to do more than just dunk and and make a three-pointer against Baylor. And <laughs> to, to this point, that is the resume. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely not wrong. I think another thing that Tar Heel fans are paranoid about is that in this new era of college athletics and college basketball, you've got the transfer portal and seeing a guy from the state, a guy specifically from Kenson if he were to leave, I think that would hurt a little bit more than some other guys that have left the program in in recent years. Um, all right, well, let's focus on okay, – Josh, that's fine, but guys are going to leave now. It's 2023. Mm, right. Also, Dontre Styles wasn't recruited by this head coach. So it, it, in, at any other place, any other program, any other sport, guys are going to leave when their guy's not the coach because they may just not fit there. That may not be the best fit for them. And I don't know if that is or isn't the case here, but if he were to decide, well, this is not the best place for me, go somewhere else and have a great career every time other than when you play the Tar Heels. I love Kinston. Love Dontre Styles. Great dude. But, I mean, you can only play five at a time. Who who would you take out to play him? That's a fair question. That That is an absolute fair question. Two guys coming off the bench, though, that have, have really found their roles have been DeMarco Dunn and Jalen Washington. And I think the best part about these two guys is Dunn in the season has come back from an injury and Jalen Washington coming off an injury. They're, they're both guys that now I think every time that they're on the court, we're comfortable seeing and know that they're going to produce. What what has stood out the most about about those two guys to you as you've seen these guys come back from injuries but be, pro, be productive players for Carolina? Love Jalen Washington. Great kid, tries hard, does everything he's asked to do, got a ton of potential, hasn't played basketball in about two years, and that's really hard to go from – I haven't played in two years to I'm playing against ACC competition, but he's done a, a fairly credible job of it. I think he's going to be a great player for Carolina. People who know a lot more than me about being a big guy in the ACC, such as Eric Montross, think he's got a ton of potential and is going to be really important both this year and future years. Um, so really enjoy watching him play. I think DeMarco is a great example of someone who was not recruited by this coach, but has figured out what he needs to do to get on the court to get minutes and the answer to that is defend whoever hubert davis tells him to defend and make open shots and that's what he's done here in this last little stretch since he came back from the hand injury and you've seen his minutes go up in equal proportion you mentioned that that you're at practice right now well carolina's got a big game at home tomorrow against nc state Carolina is not at home so far this season, and they've only lost twice in the Smith Center under Hubert Davis. What has been the key for him returning Carolina basketball to to being a very dominant home team? Because the last few years of the Roy Williams era, this team lost some home games that you you know typically you wouldn't see Carolina lose. Has there been anything different you've noticed about this team at home under Hubert Davis that has allowed them to win these games more often than not? Well, I do think. The Heels have been better at home. I think they've had some great crowds. Um, they've had a little bit of a favorable schedule in terms of both opponents and when the games are. I mean, here in 2023, Josh, you might as well make two different home schedules. There's the weeknight games that people just aren't as excited for, and then there's those Saturday games where the roof's going to come off. Um, and so the 
Carolina's had some good Saturday games against good teams when they've had a good crowd. Um, they've made a change in the student ticket policy for this year, which has made a giant difference in student attendance, both when they arrive at the game and how many of them are at the games. That's been really important and hasn't been talked about hardly at all. Um, so, but also winning in the Smith Center is important to Hubert Davis. It's something he emphasizes, just like Roy Williams did. Um, and so I would expect Carolina to play well at home. This does seem to be a group that really plays better when they've got some emotion behind it. And so I think they, they feed off that crowd. And you see a little better version of them. The, the stats tell you the Tar Heels are a lot better at the Smith Center than they are in any other building. Let's focus on the head coach of Carolina basketball really quick before I get you out here. Uh, he, he's going through his second full season as the head coach. Has there, has there been anything you've learned about him in year two? And more importantly, are there any new hubrisms that you can uh, enlighten us on? Well, the go-to is always still bejeebies. That one's never going to get old, and we've heard it a lot this year in a lot of different ways. Um, so that's that's the best hubertism by far. What we've learned about him is I think last year wasn't an aberration where he made some adjustments on the fly and was willing to do some things other than what he kind of thought of as his way. Uh, he's done that this year. Carolina's made some offensive and some defensive tweaks as the season has progressed to better fit this team's personnel. I think that is what we're going to see from Hubert Davis and this coaching staff. They're comfortable doing that, and they've done a really good job with it. Um, so I, I think that in some ways, even though it is mid-January, Tariel's still kind of a work in progress as Coach Davis tries to figure out what is it exactly that's going to give them the best chance to win which is not really surprising because that's where they were last year in mid-January. Um, and then they did figure it out. So uh, I think I think we've learned he is a very capable X's and O's coach. Of course, I uh, I can't say anything official about recruiting, but, it you know, it appears to me that he can recruit a little bit too. <laughs> um, so I, I think all those things bode well. The last thing I have for you, Adam, is I talked to you back at the end of last season when the season came to an end and, you know, projecting towards this year – as national title or bus, and you said that, well, if that's the mindset, we're all going to – there's a very good chance we could all be unhappy at the end of the year. Carolina's 13-6, and 5-3, and three, but I think they're trending towards the right direction of being a team that's going to be, you know, a, a, a really tough out in that NCAA tournament. So with that all being said, what does a successful season look like for Carolina basketball the rest of the way? Well, I think you've got to contend for the ACC. You've got to be in that top – third or fourth of the league you've got to make it to the second weekend of the ncaa tournament then once you make it to that second weekend of the ncaa tournament it's largely based on matchups um so i think you got to put yourself in position to have some favorable matchups at that point of the tournament and then you uh, you just see how it goes from there but i i'm still firmly in the camp of and it doesn't matter if it's this team the 09 team the 84 team the 98 team uh, anytime you say that it's national championship or we're all going to be miserable, you're probably going to be miserable because <laughs> it's just it's too hard to win it. Well, Adam, I didn't have a miserable time talking Carolina basketball with you. And uh, where where can people find your work? I mentioned you write for GoHeels.com. You got a new book out together. I've purchased it myself. Where can people find all your great Carolina basketball content? Josh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, GoHeels.com is the place for the stories. And then Jones Angel and I have a lot of fun doing the Carolina Insider podcast uh, twice a week during the season and getting to talk to a lot of these guys who we're talking about, which uh, some of the, the best thing about that is you get to know them in a little different way and you realize that when you're screaming at them for missing a shot, they probably weren't trying to miss that shot. 
Uh, and uh, sometimes I think folks forget that, so it's fun to get to know them in a little different way. All right, Adam. Well, uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk again soon, maybe sometime after the season. All right, man? Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. There you go, guys. That is Go Heels writer Adam Lucas spending some time with us today here on the Four Corners podcast. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you the latest ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, more thought or, 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 or not more thoughts, more takeaways, as we do on the preview edition, I'll come back and shut down this edition of the podcast back after this message from DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the and for the divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg added up to 100%. This is the only place, guys, I go to when I want to make my bets on the NFL. I did so for the regular season. I did so with the wild card round. I'll be back for the divisional round as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage. Lots of great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show today, but make sure you stay tuned to the website, heeltoughblog.com, where there'll be a preview and a recap up of Carolina's matchup with NC State this Saturday as I continue to take you through uh, the, the, the remainder of the season. Any news that comes out of the Keenan Football Center, Anthony will keep you covered as well. All that football and basketball coverage, that's HeelToughBlog.com. And as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, uh, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast, but more importantly, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any edition of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. What is going to wrap up this edition of the show? Big shout out once again to Adam Lucas for joining me. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!